All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome in episode 107 of Oilers Nation Radio. I am Tyler Uremchuk. Happy free agent frenzy. Happy July 1st in October. It's great. Everyone's having a good time. Uh, man, there's a lot to get to. I have a list of topics, and it's 12, 13 deep, so this is going to be fun. I'm joined by Zach Lang, Nation Network news editor. That's the right title, right? News director. But News you know, director. Close. There you go. Uh, Zach's going to be potentially in and out, depending on if we get some Oilers breaking news here. Nation Dan is here as well. Rick from the What's Point. my title, Tyler? Uh, head of Hockey Fights. There you go. Nice. And then <laughs> we, got, we got Head of the Pint, Rick. Rick, are you uh, enjoying the free agent coverage? Uh, so far, so good. There you go. And Bag Milk joining us as well. He's in the same boat as Zach. If news starts breaking, Bag Milk's going to be in and out. It's like our own free agent frenzy panel and I'm sure TSN is probably going to take legal action because I just said free agent frenzy on our <laughs> podcast but it is episode 107 it's brought to you by the folks that folks that showed for the giant as my mic cuts out free agent frenzy time is usually when Jesus my mic is yeah. just off yeah. Sorry, yeah. Boys. Frenzy hey. when GMs go crazy GMs go crazy and spend a lot of money on things that aren't worth it. They kind of get ripped off. Well, when you go to Sherwood Ford, you save money and you get a product that is worth it. If you want to make a good free agent addition, head over to our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Like I said, guys, we have a lot going on today, so I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, the the, The first thing that kind of got Oilers Nation Twitter up in arms and talking was the rumor that Bob McKenzie throughout, not really a rumor, actually, I'll call it a report, because when McKenzie says it, it's fact, 
Uh, the Oilers were preparing to offer Jacob Markstrom a max term deal and were going to go very hard after the free agent goaltender. I'll start with you on this one, Zach. When you saw that report pop up and it looked like the Oilers were going to try and make themselves front runners for Markstrom, what were you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm okay. I was okay with it, and I still am okay with it if the Oilers can somehow circle back and try to make the money work. You know, look, we're, we'd be getting a, a, a goaltender who's been one of the best guys in the league for the last number of years. He had a great season here, and he's only 30 years old. So, you know, even if you sign him to a seven-year contract, um, you know, you're still looking at getting five or six really, really solid years out of him, and especially if you can get him at a, uh, AAV of $5 million or so. Uh, I mean, I think it's... Uh, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. You know, I've heard there's some concern about a knee injury uh, that Markstrom suffered last year. But at the end of the day, uh, if you can get a goaltender like Jacob Markstrom, you know, that's, that's the guy that Edmonton's been looking for for the last number of decades, right? Um, Edmonton has struggled to have that high-end, number one consistent goaltender. And I think that's exactly what Markstrom would be for the Oilers. Nation Dan? I think that the issue for me, well, I agree with what Zach is saying on, in, on principle. I think that our teams versus the Vancouver Canucks defense is just very different. I don't think that we have as good of a group uh, when it comes to playing defense. And so I just don't think that Markstrom would have seen the same numbers he sees in Vancouver. And the problem for us is that of course that we can't afford the, the big cap hit. So we were going to be offering him term and then you're locked into a deal where, you know, if, if it turns out that Markstrom was more of a product of his defense than, than he could be in Edmonton, then you're looking at issues going down the line for seven years kind of thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay if the number is the rumor that they're coming out with now, or it's like six and a half million, seven. I'm okay with us not having to uh, have that on the books for seven years. Rick? Uh, yeah, just based on the numbers that Gregor put out today, the five-on-five five, uh, Markstrom versus uh, Miko, they were only separated by you know two or three spots in each of the in each of the uh, categories. And so I guess when you sit here and you watch every game minute by minute by second, um, as opposed to you know Canuck games, you're probably watching more high or shorter shorter little spurts. You see you probably have a more negative feeling about what you see in Edmonton. So I think those goaltenders were a lot closer than, um, than we thought they were. So maybe look at the guys in front of them being the biggest issue. So I think I'm okay with, and you know, I, I think, you know, Holland had a, had a cap on this that he didn't want to go over. And as soon as it, it, it went to that point, Ken walked away. And I think we're okay going to one, a one B just someone much better, much, much better than uh, Smith and running it that way. And maybe trying to, uh, make the defense a little bit better to make the goaltending job a little bit easier. I got a report from Ryan Rashog that I'll pass along in just a second here, but bagged milk, uh, your take on the Markstrom rumors. Would you have liked to see him here on a long-term deal? Or do you think like the Oliver Ekman Larson situation, is it maybe a blessing in disguise that this sounds like it won't get done? I, you know what? I would have been okay with them doing it because let's be honest, how many people sign max term contracts? and actually ride them out in the city that signed them there. So I wasn't really too worried about the back half of the deal. I was more concerned about what they would have to work. And it sounds like, I mean, if you're looking at the insiders and the rumblings on Twitter, that Calgary may have to provide not just term and money, but also some no-move protection for Markstrom <laughs> as well. So, I mean, I think that you can probably 
get a cheaper option that can provide you reliable backup goaltending to Miko Koskinen, and I think that'll be that'll be fine for this team. The Oilers are reportedly looking at Thomas Grice, but again, the money's too much right now. So I think what we're going to see is Ken Holland just kind of sitting back, watching things play out, watching these guys get shut down, and picking somebody up maybe in a couple of days when things have yeah. kind of sorted themselves out a little bit. Yeah, uh, I I was kind of in the same boat. Like, for the next couple of years, I would have liked it, but goalies are voodoo, man. Like, you never know when a goalie's just going to completely fall off, and I get nervous about having that much money tied up in two goaltenders. I, I think Jacob Markstrom, you know, he may have made them a borderline cup contender next season when you look at the season he's coming off. So that's why it was enticing to me, but that much term on a guy who's going to be 31 by the time that deal kicks in, it, it did make me a little nervous. Uh, TSN's Ryan Rashog saying that it sounds like the Oilers may be kicking tires on both Grice and Corey Crawford in net. Um, he says, doesn't seem to be anything imminent as that busy market sorts itself out. I'm not a big Corey Crawford guy, and Grice concerns me a little bit just because he's coming from such a defensive team. I worry he might not be able to keep up those numbers. Is that a fair thing for me to think, uh, Zach? Yeah, I think to an extent, for sure. You know, you look at anybody who's coming to Edmonton, of course, the Oilers have historically not been the greatest defensive team, but the Oilers, in the same breath, made some strides in their own zone last year, and we saw the goals against drop, and we also saw, uh, as Rick mentioned, you know, Miko Koskinen had a pretty fine season, uh, all things considering. So, you know, is it the worst thing for the Oilers to be out on Markstrom? No, I don't think so, because it is a very saturated market this year, and the Oilers will probably be able to get a cheaper veteran goaltender um, in the next day or two signed to a contract. Uh, is, is there concerns on the back end, of course, and especially now with discussions about uh, Clefbaum being a, a guy who could potentially go on the long-term injured reserve next year, right? So um, I think Ken Holland is far from being done, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what shakes out here in the next uh, day or two. When you saw, and I'll, I'll come to you on this one first here, Dan, when you saw the price that Braden Holpe signed for in Vancouver... Uh, were you disappointed that maybe the Oilers couldn't make it work with a guy who's from the Edmonton area, or uh, or is that maybe a little bit too rich for a guy like Holpe who's coming off a bad season? Yeah, I've always liked Braden Holpe as a goalie. I, I know that he takes a lot of criticism um, across the board, but you know, Stanley Cup winning guy, like you said, from Edmonton. But you know, I also I also get it that you know we can't be. We, we have to make the right choice for this team going forward. And Ken Holland's, you know, playing on that razor thin edge of, uh, you know, of crazy money versus and crazy term versus not. So it, it, you get it. Um, but also Vancouver, I think, was, you know, hard up to replace that Markstrom hole and, and just be done with that kind of thing for the for the fan base and for the team going forward. I'll come to you on this one, Rick. We're hearing rumblings that it's going to be Markstrom to Calgary. Andy Strickland's been the one who says it's done. Bob McKenzie, like 20 minutes ago, as of us recording this podcast, said it's it could happen, but he's not willing to say it's certain yet. Uh, are When you look at Vancouver getting Holpe, Calgary getting Markstrom, are you nervous that those two rivals are really shoring up that position while Edmonton's still sitting with a vacancy a couple hours after free agency opens? Uh, maybe a little bit, but again, I don't know if Holtby is the Holtby that we've known him to be. Um, so maybe Vancouver might actually be taking a step back in goaltending. And then you look at Markstrom going over to, to Calgary. I do believe that is a, a step in the right direction when it comes to uh, just the play on the ice. But 
I'm also hoping, and I know most of you guys are too, that this contract is going to turn into uh, a bit of an albatross. And, and you know, we were involved in it with probably seven years, five million. But when we started to drop out of it, I'm assuming that's because he saw, you know, uh, Talbot getting that three-year, eleven million, and then he saw what Colby's getting. That the goaltending dollars were going to be a little bit higher than what we may have expected. Maybe what, maybe even what Markstrom expected. So all of a sudden, seven times five wasn't wasn't going to cut it anymore. And if it does go above six and a half, seven million, and it still stays at seven years, and they have to include some sort of um, really? movement clauses, I say, man, I'm, I'm glad we stayed out of that. And I still think that with Koskinen and the proper one B, we can get quality goaltending, if not just as good as either one of those teams. Maybe uh, probably a little bit, maybe not quite Calgary, but I think we can be right there with Vancouver. So we got word on Matt Benning finding a new team, but before I switch topics, since this is a podcast and people aren't listening to it live, uh, we'll talk about the Benning news here. Beg Milk, I want to give you the last word on Holtby. Yeah, I actually got a text this morning from uh, somebody that is a family friend of the Holtby's, and they said, take it for what it's worth, but Holtby had no interest in coming back to Edmonton because of the local ties. He just didn't want the... Uh, he just didn't want to be involved as the starter from Edmonton for Edmonton. And I, I can't it. say I blame him for it. No, not at so all. So yeah. he can go to Vancouver, beautiful city. They paid him a, you know, a bunch of money. So I get it. So I was never expecting Holtby. I think he'll do fine in Vancouver. It's going to be interesting because like you said, he's not, he didn't have a great year last year for the caps. Um, so I'm curious to see how this is going to go. But again, for Vancouver side, he only signed a two-year deal. So it's not like they're stable to him for a long, long time. It's just a matter of if he can get back to being himself or if he's going to look like the guy who wasn't the same last year in Washington. This signing honestly kind of makes me a little angry. Matt Benning reportedly going to Nashville two years at $1 million a season. $1 million a season? How could the Oilers not get that done? That's I know. I'm, sh- I'm surprised. I'm shocked. This is annoying. This irritating. Is- this is annoying. Well, this, I've, I've, been, I've been happy with what he's done so far. I think he missed something here. What's interesting is Matt Benning spoke to Jim Matheson in an Edmonton Journal piece yesterday where he kind of said he was looking for more opportunity to play and almost sounded like he wanted to have a chance to play in a top four somewhere. But is he really going to get that opportunity in Nashville? I mean, well, they're one of the deepest defensive teams in the entire league. He's not. He's a right-shot D-man. I can promise you he's not playing above Ryan Ellis, and I can tell you for certain Dante Fabro's on the rise and I don't think he's going to be slipping anytime soon. So Benning, it, 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 this is just weird for me because I liked him here in Edmonton. I think he's a really good third pairing D man. If it's, if it was a money thing, I'm going, how did the Oilers not match that? If it's an opportunity thing and he left Edmonton because he thinks there's better chances for him to play in Nashville, man, look at the right side on Edmonton, look at the right side on Nashville. And you tell me where there might, where there's more opportunity. So this one is really confusing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't get it. I, it's, it bums me out. I feel like Matt Benning was a very effective third-pairing defenseman. That's a quality number seven, even. And, yeah. Exactly, a quality number seven. And a million bucks per, I, I'm really surprised that they let him go. I mean, the analytics liked him. Maybe, I, I'm just throwing this out here, I have no idea. But do you think there's any concern from the Oilers' side over just his health? just because he did not have a great year last year in terms of concussions. And that's obviously a problem in terms well, in, of a contact in that, sport. In that, same, in that same piece or that article or whatever, I think that he, he kind of broke down that his concussions kind of stem from neck injuries, uh, like whiplash situations, kind of like Crosby way back when, when they thought it was just, you know, repeat concussions. They didn't know what the hell was going on. 
and he, you know, he needed kind of like to get his neck straightened out a little bit to get the proper uh, circulation going. And that's kind of what Benning was going through. And he's, and he, and he fixed it. Um, and he, you know, he, they would definitely know how strong he is and, uh, and what, uh, what point he has on the, uh, recuperation level right now. But, um, yeah, this confuses me. I always assume they're letting him go to let, uh, Bouchard, yeah. uh, take that third spot. But dude, you're not like Benning at home two times one as you're seven. Um, you know, Larson, if we're playing 82 games in a shortened season, like, uh, time-wise, it's going to be more condensed. That back, how's that back going to handle it? Um, but you got it. Matt Benning right there, that type of uh, safety net, uh, that that confuses me. you got to think that this is a, a sign that there's something bigger coming, right? Like, he's yeah. he's fitted, he's fit a lot of pieces in. Uh, Tyler, you have the exact number, what is it, 3.8? 3.8 million third, on those three. Between JP, NS, and Turris. So, I mean... I don't know. Like, is is there a Tyson Berry uh, move happening? I don't know. But like, yeah. It, when you look at that number, you have to say, okay, either he didn't want to be an Edmonton Oiler, or we didn't want him to to have that million dollars, and we have that million dollars penciled in somewhere else. So I, I like that's the only thing that I can think with those two those two options. Maybe I'm looking at backwards, right? What was looking at the. Yeah, he was 1.9 last year. Uh, looking at the the live blog, just the updates I've been doing. So the Oilers from this is 12:38, so it's a little bit ago. Uh, Pierre LeBrun reported the Oilers are definitely interested in Tyson Berry, but he doesn't know if there's a fit there just because it's going to cost too much money. So it seems like they just opened a hole for Dad to kind of step into that third pairing slot. And maybe that was the conversation the Oilers had with Benning, where it was like, you know, we want we want to bring you back, and he went. Yeah, I want to come back, but you know who's going to be the next man up on that right side? And Edmonton maybe kind of just sits there and goes, "We're ready for Evan Bouchard to take responsibility there," and maybe that's why it wasn't quite a fit. Good and, on him to you know, good on him to like just say, "I want to play more." Then yeah, um, and you got to respect easily, that too, right? Yeah, you could easily take that money and 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 ride out here. You know, yeah. obviously be on Popcorn Alley a little bit, but uh, yeah, he said, I want to play. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to get paid a million bucks. I might as well go there and play. So good on him. Uh, well, I was, luck, talking, but, uh, uh, I was talking to a friend of everyone, Reed Wilkins, last night. We had a nice little phone chat going into um, free agency, and we were talking about betting. And both of us just kind, kind of couldn't figure it out because if you look towards his, like at his playing time, towards the end of the season, he was coming in around eight or nine minutes, which to me was like, yeah, he's on the third pairing, but you could probably juice that up a little bit because he wasn't killing penalties anymore. He would go long stretches without getting on the ice. So I wonder if there's just like whatever system Tippett is rolling with that they didn't feel he was the fit there for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there is that too, right? Matt Benning going to Nashville on a one-year deal. This is fun. I like that we get a chance to do this sort of in the middle of the day when there's still going to be some news breaking. Uh, Looking at uh, another signing that came down, if we're talking and maybe, uh, okay, I'll save potential overpays for the end of the day, and that's when we'll talk about the Kevin Shattenkirk deal. Uh, I want to talk about the one move that I think we all unanimously liked, and that's Kyle Turris coming to Edmonton. It's a two-year deal for 1.6 a season. We it was basically it happened quick. It was like Gazzola tweeted that the Oilers were having conversations with him. Then like ten minutes later, the Oilers announced that they had signed him. A minute after that, we had the AAV. Uh, Dan, I'll come to you first on this. That deal for a like me for a guy who had thirty one points last year. 
I do not see how you can dislike this deal at all. Do you agree or disagree with that? I agree completely. I think I think that it was everybody was kind of like, what are we signing him for? But then you see that AAV of one point six five. It's just it's absolutely perfect money. You got two years of a guy that's proven, um, you know, to get you some points, and he doesn't have he has no pressure on him anymore because he's he's the number three guy every time, right? He's uh, so it, I don't know. It, it's it's an absolutely you know savvy move. Uh, I think everybody was kind of looking at Miko Koivu as the guy that they wanted, yeah. but but Holland comes in and you know maybe a guy that was forgotten somewhat. Um, you know, goes with that big buyout money and uh, and just takes a nice little paycheck from the Oilers to to play with a team that's going to compete. Well, year. that's what I was going to say, Dan. Too is because he got his bag from the National Predators. Yeah. He's getting he's getting two million bucks for the next eight years, so he had the opportunity and the luxury to be able to sign a cheaper contract. And I really like this bet by Holland. I know he didn't has like he wasn't a fit in Nashville, and who knows whether that's his play has actually declined or a systematic issue. He said in his avail that it wasn't a great fit there. Take that for whatever it is, but like when you look at the money, I was I was very surprised it was only one point six five. This is a guy who can chip in some offense. The Oilers desperately need a right-handed center. They got their three C now in Kyle Turris, and I think of a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi coming back. If he does start on the third line, now all of a sudden he's got Kyle Turris beside him. He's been in the league. He's been around. He knows what's going on, and that will be an opportunity for him to succeed as well. I think it's a great bet. Great bet, low cost, high reward. I could see him chipping in with some offense. And he also doesn't have the pressure of having to produce playing behind Connor and Leon. And I bet that'll probably go a long way for his confidence as well. Dan, I can't see what you're even trying to Eric, show us. Eric Francis just tweeted out the best signing today for a player and team is Kyle Turris in Edmonton. <laughs> noted, wow. noted water carrier for the Flames, Eric Francis. Wow. Uh, like I love it. I love the deal because I've said it. They part of the reason they lost to Chicago is because they didn't get offense from anyone but the big guns. Building a third scoring line around Ennis or sorry around Turris and Puliyarvi, uh, and maybe it's Tyler Ennis on that left side. Who knows? Maybe it's someone who's a little bit more defensively responsible. Building that up is going to help them get goals from their bottom six. So I, I love the deal, Rick. I'd imagine you're also going to agree with me here. Yeah, man. I think uh, Terrence has always been a, a uh, top end uh, type of offensive player. We're coming out of coming out of the draft. Um, uh, he's always sat there. He's a, he's a bit of a sniper. Um, he's got that shot. He's the right side. It's everything we've honestly needed, and it's for cheap. So yeah, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this deal. Zach. Yeah, you know, say what you will about uh, Kyle Terrence's potential struggles in. Uh, Nashville over the last number of years, he's still scored at a half a point per game pace. And if he can score at a half a point per game pace in the Edmonton Oilers' bottom six, uh, that's a massive win. The Oilers have seriously had some issues when it comes to depth scoring. And we've seen that and we've talked about that at length for the last number of years. Um, so bringing in a guy like Kyle Turris, who's a veteran, a right shot, who's played the safe tip before in the past one year in, in Phoenix, um, I think it's an absolute uh, steal of the deal. Uh, to bring in a guy like uh, Kyle Turris to Edmonton. The only concern I do have, and let me know what you think, boys, is that effectively Kyle Turris is replacing Riley Shea, and and Turris doesn't kill penalties. That's the only kind of negative that I see here. But maybe this just makes it a little bit easier to keep around a guy like... uh... Like Jujar Kara, right? If, you're, if your third line is going to just carry yeah. the bulk of the offense, and if you're comfortable with your third line playing a lot too, 
then all of a sudden, you know, the McDavid line is going to eat a ton of even strength minutes. The dry side line is going to eat a ton. If this third line eats a decent amount, you could keep Kara on your roster as strictly a penalty kill guy and play him like four even strength minutes a game. And you might be able to just survive game by game doing that, right? So while it sucks that Turris doesn't kill penalties, maybe they'll try to teach him how to kill penalties. But I, you know, given how his defensive game works, I, I don't know how well that would how well that would go, but yeah, I, I think maybe this just means Kara staying around for another year. Does that okay. open up? Does that mean we're at some trades coming from the bottom end there? Because I feel like this bottom six is getting awfully full now. I was going to ask that, but first, I want to. We were talking about the disappointment in one local boy, Matt Benning, going out the door. Uh, I think everyone here would also be pretty happy when they saw the news that Tyler Ennis comes back, and Tyler Ennis comes back for one million dollars. I honestly would not have been surprised if Tyler Ennis could have gotten two million dollars with another team. Like he's coming off a good year. He's a speedy guy. He can pinch hit in your top six. He can give you real good minutes in the bottom six. The Ennis at one million. Even when I look around the league, I think that is the potential to be the steal of the offseason here. Sort of the one bargain contract we look back at halfway through next year and go, damn, they got that guy on a real good price, Dan. Well, I think he's the, this is the deal. You're right. You've hit it on the head. This is the kind of deal that we've been dreaming about where you get that guy that in free agency, you know, even leading up to the trade deadline last year said was going to go get some smoke in his next contract. But he's seen that he has a good situation in Edmonton. He can go out and produce those same kind of numbers. And maybe next year, once teams have kind of been able to fluctuate and figure out some of this money stuff, then he'll be able to sign that big smoke contract again. So I, I, I think that it makes sense for him. We've been begging for this kind of a deal for a while with the Oilers. And it's awesome that, that it worked out for us with a guy like Tyler Ennis. Tyler, what was the number again? So to me, like by my math, Ken Holland signed three top nine players for less yeah. than four million bucks. Three top nine players for three point eight million. If you look at just the UFAs he got today, Ennis and Turris combined for sixty eight points last season, and Holland signed them for two point six million. Like you, yeah, you, I was gonna say, come on, like going back deal. to your Ennis point. In seventy games last year, split between the Sens and the Oilers, he had sixteen goals and twenty one assists for thirty seven points. Like, if that's what you're getting from Ennis for a million bucks, you're fucking laughing about it. Even like add in Archibald to that mix because he Holland got that deal done as well. You got four really good bottom six wingers or b- bottom six players, and this is only costing you like five and a half million dollars for all four of them. That's great value for a team that needs to find great value, right, Zach? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think so. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I was a huge fan of of the Oilers going after Tyler Ennis and bringing him to Edmonton at the deadline. I thought it was a very savvy trade by by um, Ken Holland. You know, he was a dynamic player. He put up some points very quickly. He seemed to click with Connor McDavid. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get another shot uh, alongside that top line. You know, something interesting I just I'm thinking about as we're sitting here talking about all this. Can we maybe say that Edmonton's starting to become a desirable location for players to sign? You know, like Kyle Turris has been a big name player in the league for a number of years, and it took Ken Holland what twenty minutes to get a deal done yeah. with with Kyle Turris to bring him to Edmonton. You know, you got a guy like Tyler Ennis who's signing, and a number of other players as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the way the next couple of days shake out. But you know, Ken Holland is doing a damn fine job here today in assembling a. Uh, some solid depth on this roster with not a lot of cap space to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll 
I won't say it's a desirable destination because I don't think big name free agents look at Edmonton as a place that they necessarily still want to go. But I'll say this. I think this is the McDavid dry sidle and, and partially Nugent Hopkins effect where if you're a forward looking to bounce back and sort of, you know, yeah, I'll just say if you're looking to have some bounce back years, why would you not want to play in this forward group? If you're Kyle Turris, a guy who's good on the power play, why would you not want to come here and try to bounce back for the next couple of seasons and rack up points on the power play? If you're Tyler Ennis, one year, one mil in a flat cap where you maybe would only get two mil on a two or three year deal, man, just come here. Maybe you slide into the top six. Maybe you score 20, 25 goals this year because you get hot. And this next off season, you can go cash in. I think that's the desirable part of playing in Edmonton is there's so much opportunity to play with these all world players that you can turn your career around. And yeah, I, just, I just, I love, I love what Holland's doing in the sense that like last year when we were talking about this, if you went back to the free agency podcast for ON radio a year ago, we were talking a lot about scratch tickets yeah. and low cost bottom six players, but now he's getting low cost guys that can contribute in the top nine and actually put some points on the board, which is in Edmonton, especially something that desperately needs to happen because like Tyler said, for the playoffs, you can't just have, Connor Leon and Nooch doing all the heavy lifting. They need people to chip in with a goal or two here. And by my count, JP, that's basically a free agent signing for the Oilers uh, with Pugliarvi. Ennis can do it. Turris can do it. So there's three more players that were not here last year that can, you know, maybe pump a few goals in the net. And that's going to make a big difference, especially like how many games were there last year or the year before or the year before that where the Oilers were maybe down by a goal needed something to happen, but then other teams go full lockdown on Connor and Leon and it's expected. But if you could maybe yeah. have some guys who can provide you with reasonable minutes and come up with a clutch goal every now and then, that's a big win for the Oilers. Well, even if it's every second game now, you get a nice goal from your bottom six. It's situations where you're not trailing heading into the third, you're tied, or you're not tied going into the third, you're up by one, right? And it just, it makes life so much easier if you can get that scoring. Dan? Oh, yeah, that playoff series against Chicago is a different story if we get some yeah. scoring from our bottom six while Connor and Leon are just absolutely lighting up the Blackhawks. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's just we've, we've been begging for it. They've checked off, you know, two of the boxes in the sense that we have our wingers and now we've got our two uh, or our right hand third line center. We just need some more D help, hopefully. Yeah. Something to stop gap there for Clefbaum, especially given, you know, the the question marks around that status and then that 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 number two or number one a goalie um to come in so, so yeah you, you gotta give ken holland full marks right now and uh wait and see what happens in the next couple hours the next couple of days it's also interesting that while this is also happening ken holland has managed to sign a couple of players that are likely bound for the for the condors as well so he's, he's getting some shit done here today He's added to the depth. Seth Griffith had a good year with the Manitoba Moose last year. 58 games, 21 goals, 20 assists. That'll help in Bakersfield. Alex Klein came uh, from the Calgary system. He's going to help down there as well. The, like, I found it interesting looking at the reaction on Twitter that people just scoffed so easily at having a competitive AHL team, which to me is very important for organizational success. And I also like seeing Ken Holland put some work in for the Condors as well. Well, and getting bodies that can, like warm bodies, hard bodies, even, hard bodies that uh, hard that, can, bodies. that can come into the roster in you know <laughs> in injury times. We're talking about playing a season with COVID as a reality. 
So, you know, you're going to have games where players are going to be out and, you know, on that 14-day COVID list. And, and so you're going to need those guys to come up and, and fill in the spots for um, the guy that we can't figure out how to pronounce his name, Queen or Quinn or Quine or whatever. Fine. Uh, Fine. He played... He played in the NHL last year for the Flames for nine games. Didn't look out of place from what I've heard from Flames fans. So, you know, yeah, you're getting guys that can actually play in the NHL in the need, in the inevitable case that we're going to have to replace them this upcoming season. Uh, before we move on to, I, I want to talk a little bit of draft here, but uh, I'll, I'll get to this. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Skip the Dishes. It's been a long week. There's been a lot of hockey talk for us blogger boys. Our fingers are tired. We don't want to cook. It's Friday night. So I encourage the three of you to order some Skip the Dishes tonight for dinner. I encourage everyone listening along at home. It's Friday. You don't want to cook. Or if you're listening to this on Saturday, you really don't want to cook. Order some delicious food off Skip the Dishes. Arby's is on there as well. So, I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Why not Arby's for Thanksgiving dinner? Bless up. Everybody could use a one pound RBNC for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I literally just got sent a uh, cravings $5 off and skip the dishes as you were announcing that. It's because your phone They're is always listening to you. They're in our heads. Skip the dishes. I'm okay with I've it. been listening to us all year long. Okay, they brought us Arby's, man. They, at that point, I, there's nothing else I can, uh, I'm not going to complain about. Uh, another former Oiler has signed. Alex Petrovic is going to the Flames on a one-year deal worth $700,000. Yeah, okay. I straight up didn't even know he was still playing. So congrats to the Flames. Okay. Uh, Calgary has no defenseman signed. Now they have one. Uh, let's talk a little draft. And our draft talk, as it's been this whole time, has been brought to you by Prime Staffing. We are staffing experts. Prime Staffing is matching quality work with quality workers. They provide verified and certified personnel with 24-7 dispatch for flexible deployment. Find quality work. Find quality workers, whether temporary, part-time, or full-time. Learn more about Prime Staffing by following them. Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. The Oilers made a couple of new hires at the NHL draft. Uh, They started off, first off, I love the back fact they picked a couple of good AJHL boys but I want to start with uh Dylan Holloway I'll go to you first on this one Zach what did you think of sort of the way the first round played up leading up to pick 14 and the Oilers decision to go with Holloway okay we lost Zach we lost Zach thanks for the insight oh, Zach here. oh hey Zach no uh, I'm here I was on, oh, I was on mute like an idiot okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking away uh, anyways, I thought the first round was really interesting. Um, seeing guys like Marco Rossi and Colter Fetty drop um, was pretty interesting. And then seeing Jack Quinn go at eight to Buffalo was a bit of a tough pill to swallow. And then, of course, Carolina had to ruin our day by taking Seth Jarvis 13th overall. Um, but nonetheless, I think Edmonton has landed a real solid player in Dylan Holloway. I wasn't exactly enamored with Holloway going into the draft, but the more digging and uh, speaking to people that I did about Holloway, I think he's going to be a really solid option down the road. Uh, I was texting with the scout Tuesday night, and you know he said that he saw Holloway as a really solid two-way forward uh, who can make an impact in all three zones. You know he's got a great blend of skating size and scoring ability, and that sounds like exactly something that the Oilers need in their top nine in the years to come. You know, he's heading to the NCAA and he's going to mature a little bit more. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next year uh, or in the next couple of years. You know, even his, his head coach, Tony Granato at uh, University of Wisconsin, said that he could see Holloway competing with uh, Cole Caulfield for the scoring race in uh, 
in the NCAA there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I watched him a little bit in the AJHL. For me, this felt like a really safe pick. Like I think Holloway is just a hard worker, big body. He skates well. He might not ever be a top-line 25-goal guy, or I should say, he won't, he might not ever be a top-line 30-35 goal guy, but I could see him comfortably setting into settling into a role where he's either a really, really good third-line center or he's a you know second-line winger who consistently puts home 20 to 25 goals. And the one comparison I heard was to maybe a guy like Marco Sturm as well, right? Maybe he's not making all-star teams every year, but he's always going to give you solid seasons. So, you know, the offensive upside worries me, but as for his chance, like I think it's a, I think his floor is really good. Like I think they definitely drafted a player here. Uh, Bag milk. What do you think? And and uh, you kind of have the the pulse of the nation here. What did you kind of get the general sense of with uh, how people thought about this pick? Well, no surprise to anybody. The nation is full of fucking idiots because none of us knew who he was <laughs> up until like a month before the draft. And now we're all draft experts saying, "Oh, he only got this many points in the NCAA." I was like, "Well." So when I was thinking about it. I saw them pick Holloway, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait and see. Because what I remember is last year we threw a draft party, and people were booing the Broberg pick. And then you fast forward 12 months, and everybody's super horny for him. So I'm going to wait and see how this goes. I also think that there's room for him to grow in at the University of Wisconsin in the sense that he's going into his sophomore season. He's going to get more responsibility, maybe more time on special teams. It's not exactly uncommon for a guy who's a rookie in that league to not be able to put up points right away because there are guys older than him on the depth chart that are getting the minutes that he has to earn. It's just kind of how that league goes. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it because, like you said, Tyler, I think his floor is quite high. Um, and no matter what, with the size he's got, by the way, also a very hard body. Dan tweeted out the ab, all another contribution to the all abs team. Uh, I think that they're going to have a player here, whether that's in the middle six or not, because he's a big guy who can skate. And in the NHL, there's always going to be a room for a big guy that can skate. And if he's got hands too, which, you know, his highlights show that he's got hands, there could be a player there. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm going to trust you. Whether scouting staff on this one and hope that in a couple of years we're talking about Holloway grabbing a spot with the Oilers and being able to contribute. Dan? I'm really good at having my Twitter account suspended. I can't believe my Instagram hasn't been suspended for the amount of times that I'm looking at 18-year-old <laughs> abs. But uh, <laughs> but yes, it's uh, you know it's, it's the first thing I do now when Oilers draft a player because I did it with Broberg last year. Um, yeah, I, again, you guys, you guys just like this is kind of getting to be a boring podcast because we just keep agreeing with each <laughs> other. But um, you know, when you, when you saw the players that that went early in that draft, I think everything kind of went to uh, to plan. Like the only thing that shocked me, I guess, was Byfield, just because I thought for sure that uh, that LA was going another way. But uh, congrats to that young man as well. But yeah, when you hit when you hit that uh, the Askarov pick and then Jarvis going to Carolina, it was just kind of like, okay, you know, this is this is what's going to happen, and you knew it was it was going to go down that way. Um, so yeah, you're you're not unhappy with a guy that has a floor, but again, to Bag Milk's point, can we stop ripping on you know eighteen year old <laughs> kids before they've put on the jersey or before they've even like been able to celebrate being? Dr- yeah. You know, and again, you can't you can't look at Broberg and be upset at that pick when everybody was upset at that pick last year at the draft party and last year on Twitter and all the social media. So let's just let's just stop, you know, anointing these guys as the next one. And also, as 
as calling these guys busts long before they've even finished their career in junior or in the NCAA. To be fair, I just want to I just want to say for the nation, I'm looking through the comment section from Draft right now, and there were plenty of people that were happy with the pick. So not all fucking idiots, but a sizable portion. <laughs> There's always idiots. Uh, Rick, uh, you like the pick, obviously. Yeah, I, mean, I was obviously a little bummed out that we weren't able to get one of the top end offensive guys. But when you read everything about this kid, um, it just screams that he's going to be a, a very solid middle six. Uh, type of player going forward in his career and he does apparently have a little bit of offensive upside in which case uh, you know a player in that middle six who can put us the goals that's always a good thing right so I think going down the, going down the uh, into the future I think it's a it's a good addition for us but like I said I probably would have preferred to get one of those bigger snipers um first but uh, just the way things uh the way things went out uh, wasn't an option for us I think the interesting story here Tyler and I know that you love him. Yeah. But Carter Savoy at the fourth round is kind of an interesting one to me. Maybe the AJ gets no respect or something, but by all accounts and all projections, they had him going much higher than where he ended up. Yeah, man. I I said this story on Real Life. When the Oilers were walking up to pick, or when the Oilers were coming up to pick at 76th overall, I was sitting there going, this is the spot you take Savoy. I was a little surprised that he was still there at 76 yet. Because, I mean, like Bob McKenzie had him ranked 58. So I was like, okay, 76 take Savoy, one of the glaring needs of the Oilers' prospect pool is that they don't have very many skilled scoring forwards. All Carter Savoy does is score goals, 53 goals in 54 games with the Shred Park Crusaders last season. They trade down to 100, and I kind of went, ah, damn, like, too bad. That would have been a great spot to take Savoy. I bet you he goes in one of these next few picks. And then it went and went and went, and it got to 90, and I was like, damn, there's a chance they might get him in 100. And then they did, and I was just... I was over the moon, man. I honestly think even with their other or with their uh, fifth round pick there, I think they got a couple of guys who a, a lot of draft analysts had those guys going in the second or third round and the Oilers got them late and they added players who are high end offensive skilled. I was I did an interview yesterday with his junior coach, Adam Mana from Sherwood Park, and uh, I, just, I talked to him a little bit about like what makes him so special as a goal scorer. And he told me it's the things he does that you can't teach. When he's in the offensive zone, you can't put your finger on why it happens, but the puck always finds his stick. You are focusing on one part of the play, the puck squirts back door, and somehow he's the one who's there to tap it in. Uh, He just couldn't say enough good things about the kid and about the goal-scoring ability he has, and I think that's something that's really valuable to the Oilers. I think it's a good pick. Yeah. Is, is, he, is he slated to go back to uh, the Crusaders? Is that the nope. plan? Uh, he's, already, he's already in Denver right now. Him and Michael Benning are both down in Denver. They'll play in Denver for probably two seasons here and then go from there. Um, but yeah, I was happy with the picks the Oilers made later in the draft. It felt like for a team that had to go 86 picks without, without making a selection, it feels like they got some really interesting prospects and they picked a ton of forwards, which was an area of need. So... I, I chalked the draft up as a win for Ken Holland. First time in franchise history that they went clean through the draft picking only forwards. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. They de- yeah. well, Like you said, desperately yeah. need it. Desperately need it. All right. Yeah, the cupboards were bare in forward ranks, you know, with some of the guys that have graduated and, and uh, that have aged out and are heading on to different yeah. teams. I mean, I think I think it was a really solid job all around, and I think it did a damn fine job trading down and getting great value with those picks, too. 100%.
All right, that's been Draft Talk brought to you by Prime Staffing. They are staffing experts, matching quality work with quality workers. They provide verified and certified personnel with 24-7 dispatch for flexible deployment. Find quality work, find quality workers, whether it's temporary, part-time, or full-time. You can learn more about our friends at Prime Staffers by heading over to their Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, their LinkedIn Prime Staffing. All right, let's get back a little bit to free agents here. We're already at the 42-minute mark, so I was going to go... I was going to go into the TSN top 20 list where they put McDavid second and all that. A bunch of guys said, I like McKinnon more, blah, blah, blah. I'm actually just going to go ahead and cross that one right off my list because I know exactly what we're going to say. We're going to sit here and go, they're fools. Why do they do this? They're doing it for attention. Don't give them attention. Blah, 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 blah. We're skipping past the TSN top 20 list. I just I just want to say one thing quickly. I hope somebody sent Connor that graphic. Oh, yeah, because it could fuel him. I just hope somebody sent it to him. Same with Leon. It's like... Both of them just like fuck you. Yeah, well, Leon was tired, but yeah, Con- Connor knows. Connor's seen it already. Uh, so I'll go to this. Uh, some other big moves that went around today in the NHL. Uh, one of them was Tyler Johnson being put on waivers, and this is interesting. What? Because the Lightning needed to get rid of his money, and they are desperate right now. Like, unless some team bails out the Lightning, I I can't see how they sign one of Sergachev. Or Sorelli. Like, they're all kinds of fucked up right now. Uh, but they put Tyler Johnson in his $5 million cap on waivers. That means any team can pick him up for free. Now, there was a little rumor going around that maybe they did this because they have a little backdoor deal made with maybe it's a team like Ottawa where they go, okay, Ottawa, we're going to put him on waivers because his no trade clause says we can't trade him to you. Once you claim him, we're going to go ahead and trade you a fourth round pick, but you're going to give us a second round pick or something like that. Um, but this is all kinds of fishy. Hey, Zach Lang. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was actually listening to you in low tide this morning uh, when it broke, and I literally said, what? Out loud. Yeah. I was really surprised. I mean, I think, uh, uh, of course, there was talks about it happening, but to see them actually waive him, and not even for the purpose of a buyout either, just straight up waivers, uh, really caught me by surprise. It's kind of going to be inter- an interesting story to follow over the next uh 24 hours here see if anybody puts a claim in on him or, or what the hell happens there yeah um i doubt he gets to the oilers but if he does like that's a lot of money so would anyone here even have interest in the oilers doing that i mean i, I would but like the, the math doesn't work yeah do you know what i mean like he had a bad year last year for, well by his own standards 14 goals 17 assists and 65 games but it's just it's like I've been saying for weeks now, silly season this year is going to get weird. And this is one of those moves where you're just like, all right, bring on 2020 weirdness because Tyler Johnson going on waivers doesn't happen any other year than right yeah. now. It's totally a pandemic season kind of move. Um, I, pool though. Yeah, like, it is. Like, I feel like there could be like that's, almost, that's, like, you know, like that's a, that's circumventing something that you signed the guy to. Like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, but that just goes to me like that's the same thing with uh, Oliver Ekman Larson fucking yeah. shutting everything down today. They had, he gave them what? A couple of weeks to make a deal on a monstrous contract. And then he only gave him two teams that he would go to. And then it's like, you got until Friday. Otherwise, it's not getting done. I just like, I, I love the idea of an awkward family dinner with, Oliver Ekman Larson sitting there like, you want to trade me? And I said, no. <laughs> I am at like this Johnson situation. It's like when you're bugging your uh, your younger sibling and you put your finger like an inch away from their face. You go, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. 
And the Lightning were like, we're not trading you. We're not trading you. But you're going to Ottawa even though you didn't want to, sucker. I feel like he's, he's ending up in Ottawa or Detroit, right? Uh, Zach Lang, you're waving at me. I'm presuming you want to tell me that Justin Schultz is going to the Washington Capitals on a two-year deal? That is correct. What do you think about well, that? Yeah. Schultz going there, eh? Yeah, another former Oiler on the move. Uh, kind of interesting. Uh, his game's kind of dipped off in the last number of years, but... Uh, Kind of an interesting move for the Washington Capitals, uh, trying to shore up maybe a little bit of offense on the back end there. Yeah, I just I, it's going to be interesting to see what the money is going to be like on this Schultz deal. Um, but I mean, for the Capitals, like Jolt is going to be sort of like like to me. This is weird because like they have John Carlson who's going to run John their power Carlson, play. Yeah. They have Dmitry Orlov who's a decent little offensive defenseman in his own way. So where is Schultz fitting in here? Norris Trophy. That's where. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming. Isn't it, it feels like an odd With spot. Henrik Lundqvist as the goalie. Yeah, that Capitals Man, how club, weird is, look different. How weird is that going to be seeing there. Hank in a Capitals jersey? There's going like to the, be a couple of those this year. That's like with those ones, though, you know what I mean, where Lundqvist is so synonymous with the New York Rangers. Yeah. It reminded me of Madonna going to Detroit or something. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. I'll be leaving Washington for Vancouver. Or, uh, or like in a Canucks jersey. Broder in a Blues jersey. <laughs> oh, here we go. New Oilers news as we're talking. Oh. Josh Curry, one-year contract with the Penguins. Let's so we go. are saying good. Oh, we are good saying point. goodbye. Oh, we're to saying Josh goodbye Curry. to him. No, we're that's saying sad. goodbye to Josh. Curry. Oh, I thought you meant we re-upped him. <laughs> Tyler's button work. Bye, Josh Curry. Oh, rip, Josh Curry. Look, maybe he's looking for a chance to still make it in the NHL. And I don't. I'm those guys in that age category nowadays. If you haven't don't have a spot in the NHL, you better look hard at trying to find one quickly because otherwise they're going to get uh, 22 and 23 year old kids playing ahead of them. It's going to well, be hard. For, it's going to be hard for me to wake up tomorrow morning when I remember that Josh Curry's no longer an oiler. Well, <laughs> that's the thing with like, it's the thing with Josh or uh, Matt Benning, you know, it, like there has to come a point when you're a professional hockey player and you've been with the same organization for a while and you just feel like there's a ceiling that you've hit and you know, Yes, maybe you go to the Penguins and nothing happens for you, but you gotta maybe you gotta change up the scenery and give it yeah. another shot. So you know, yeah, I can see it from the players' perspective. Uh, TSN's Ryan Rashog throwing out another report while we're on the air here. Oilers are in the mix on Tyson Berry. Would likely be a short-term deal, chance to be the lead to quarterback the league's number one power play. Rashog says it would be on a show me type deal that would make some sense. Um, I'll, I'll go to you. He's first. obviously listening to us. Yeah, it makes our left and right really weird. Yeah, it would. But I'll, I'll come to you first on this one, Rick. Uh, what do you think about the the idea of the Oilers maybe going out and getting Tyson Berry on that short term deal? Let's say it's in like the four or five million dollar range. Would that interest you? I I think so. I think what it also does is tells you that they're going to have to go out and find someone who's a little more defensive capable to play that left spot that uh, that club bomb's not going to not going to be able to do right. Like unless you're going to have a guy who is pretty much like Clefbaum, who can play that left side. You know, you're, you're reliable defensively, and all of a sudden, you know, he's quarterback in the power play. Well, I'm fairly certain Tyson Berry is not the guy out there in the last minute when you're up by a goal. But, you know, you're down by a goal for sure, you know, um, power play for sure. So I could see him bringing him in, but I still feel like there's a hole on the on the left side um, defensively that Clefbaum's going to leave. So it's a little bit weird, but... Hey, man, let's go score some more goals. I'm down with it. Yeah, I like it. I like it because of the power play aspect, but I do agree. If they bring in Barry, I would still like to see a lefty. Bag milk, your thought? 
I mean, it just tells me like how bad is this cleft bomb thing? Well, I think they're just at the point where it's still a question mark. It hasn't changed. Uh, it's always been a question mark, but we're getting to the point now where we need to start um, putting this team together. And then that, that means it's still a question mark. It's still a question mark. All the respect in the world to them. Take your time. But we need to figure something out here because, you know, there is a, se- a season coming up and we can't be left in the same position that Shia left us a couple of years ago with the Secker injury. We've seen what happens. Uh, dude, Ken Holland's been nothing but, you know, obviously he hasn't been perfect, but he's been more good than bad. He's going to take care of this situation. And then Bomb comes back, we'll figure it out. And if he doesn't come back, then I can see us, you know, Holy just sh- Holy keep shit. going here. Holy Two shit. years, eight million bucks for Schultz in Washington. Yeah, I was just going to say Ooh, that. And, uh, what does that, wow. that, 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 that mean for Barry, though, then? Like Barry, well, that's just it. worth a little bit more than that. Yeah, that's just it. I just said one year, four to five million for Barry. That's he's going to cost more than that if Schultz is getting four. And hey. again, you know, and again, we can do the thing where you know you 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 play your offensive guys in offensive situations and your defensive guy in defensive situations instead of necessarily having a, a number one defenseman, right? And it's I think not that's every kind day of what we're going to get. It's not every day you can sign a guy with Norris potential for four and a half million dollars. Yes. Okay, so let's just. Give the Capitals a break on that one. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast eventually here with a free agency <laughs> edition of Hot and Cold Performers. I'm going to give you guys the heads up now. We're going to do a different version of Hot and Cold Performers. For Hot Performer, I want you to tell me your favorite free agent signing of the day. It doesn't have to be Oilers. For Cold Performers, I'm going to want to know who you think is the biggest overpayment of the day. So we'll get to that in a few minutes here. Uh, but now that we're sort of moving along a little bit here, where do you want to see the Oilers go with the goaltending? So just I'll let everyone think for a second here while I read this off. Jason Greger sent out a tweet with all of the free agent goalies still available. They were Corey Crawford, Corey Schneider, Craig Anderson, Jimmy Howard, Thomas Grice, Aaron Dell, Mike Smith, Ryan Miller, Mike Condon, Louis Deming. For me, none of those names really do it for me. Like, I, I think I want someone a little bit better. Like, Grice would be interesting, but everyone else on that list, I'm kind of like, eh, on. Um, they would have to be like $1 million deals, and it's because you can't find anything else. I think it's more likely than not that Ken Holland now goes the trade route for this team's next goalie. Zach, is there a name on the free agent list or a name on the trade market who you think is a good fit here? Uh, it's kind of a tough one. I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him take a swing at Corey Crawford. Really? Um, you know, like, oh. yeah. Like, he, he still posted in the 917 last year. He had a, a plus nine goal save above average on a pretty shitty Chicago Blackhawks team, right? Uh, I don't know. I think he could be a solid 1B. Like, at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're looking for here is a, a 1B to cost him in 1A, right? I mean, is there really any other options out there? I, I don't know. Like, and, and the trade market now, I'm not sure what's even available in the trade market for a goaltender at this point anyways. I Columbia, still, like I still look at Columbus. What do you think yeah. about Columbus? Give me Corpusala. Yeah. <sighs> and I'm not even sure if I'm sold on that because I, I'm worried that the cost to acquire one of those guys, even Corpusala, is going to be too high. Like, I'm not sure what much? the cost would be. I would imagine it's a significant draft pick or a somewhat significant prospect. I still think Columbus will find a team that will give them you know, a good forward for one of their goalies, which would make way more sense for them. But for me, the trade market, I like one of the names in Arizona, whether it's Kemper or Ranta. I like one of the names in Columbus. And if all else fails, 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate. I wouldn't hate the idea of Peter Mrazek. Rick, uh, you got a take on this? Yeah, like uh, we're looking at the trade here. Um, I feel like there's one name being left out that they're trying for. You know, very hard to get rid of them, and it'd be really, really cheap. And if you can get, I don't. I think it's only two years left. Is uh, Mark Andre Fleury? Yeah. You know, if he's coming in for forty games, thirty-five games, um, but I fought for those games. I don't think it would surprise anybody. He's going to fit in with all the rest of our signings this year because um, I think it was down to less than two million dollars. They were going to it was going to be, wasn't it? Like in that reported three-way trade, someone takes half the deal and then they get these costs in the second half, and you now you're getting them at like a a buck seventy-five or something. Well, no, I think the rumor was Vegas wanted someone to take the initial three and a half so that they yeah. could not have any salary on their books, and the team getting him would then play Flurry three and a half. I don't no, know if I like I mean, three and a half Flurry. They're, no, definitely not. I thought it was down to buck seventy-five. No, and if you get to the point where where Vegas needs to get rid of them and they need to save that two million dollars, maybe they're willing to do that at that point. So I, I, if maybe. you can get him down to less than two million dollars for Mark Andre Flurry, I think that's where you go. Um, I'm not as worried about Grice. Again, 40, 40 games ish. You're definitely the, you're definitely one B to Koskinen. He, he was he was good last year. Not so in the playoffs, but um, who who uh, who was really besides the big three? Yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna sit back and I'm let Holland do his thing. He's surprised us already. He's done nothing. He's always done a lot of good, and I continue to believe that he will figure this out, and we're gonna be very happy come January first, uh, and when we start start the season. I think he's going to sit. I think he's going to sit back on goaltending. I don't think the Oilers are going to sign a goalie this week. Even I bet he just. I bet Holland is just going to sit back, watch this play out, watch people overpay, and then when guys are like, "Oh shit, I didn't sign a contract anywhere," then he's going to loop back. And I think he's going to get somebody cheap. But Definitely, because teams just stop signing goal. Like the goalies are, they're running out of spots to go. Right, so he's not going to be the only one thinking that. Going, you know what? I'm just going to put my feet up here because the rest of these guys are relatively the same. Um, the only difference is going to be how much you got to pay them and the longer we wait, the cheaper it's going to be. And no one's really trying to sign all these guys anyways. So yeah, sit back, put your feet up and let those guys sweat it out for a minute. We'll see. I mean, this, well, like, the interesting thing is we're only a few hours really into free agency and TSN keeps showing the graphics of how many contracts were signed in the first couple of hours, even just last year. And there's a lot of people that are just, still available, not on the board. And I think that maybe they had an ask of X, but they're seeing that that's not a reality. And they're going to have to take, they're going to have to take haircuts. Like I'm, I'm fascinated to know where a guy like Taylor Hall is going to end up. I can't like, I bet he, my bet. And I've said it a bunch of places. I bet he goes to Colorado on like a yeah. one or two year contract. But I like, just love the fact they keep mentioning our name in, in these uh, conversations. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. I don't think I don't think so either. But you can sit back and look. You surprised everyone else. You, you never know. The Oilers have like four million dollars in cap space, and if they put Clefbaum on LTIR, it's like eight in total. So yeah, but then you see, you look at like moving a Russell for for um, for a draft pick or something like that, right? I mean, there is some money to be moved. So. There like is good not, not just, a lot, not a lot, but good. Branson just got traded last night. It makes me feel like a Chris Russell trade is still on the table. Unless Dude, it, Ottawa's nowhere near the floor yet. I feel like well, I, I Russell's no movement clause is a bit of an issue. Well, and I wonder, and I hope not, but I wonder how much the cleft bomb injury news would make Holland just be like, well, 
fuck, maybe we just hang on to Russell yeah. and let this expire. That's what I think is happening too. But hey, we can always uh, Tyler Johnson him if we have to. Just place him on waivers. I don't even know if a team would do <laughs> well, that. No, just then. Well, you make the deal with. Oh no, I guess he does have the new moment, right? Never mind. Yeah, uh, that wouldn't work so well. Um. All right. Other names that are on the free agent market here. Uh, oh, actually, here's some news. We can talk about this. Elliot Friedman says Jacob Markstrom to Calgary is done. So that is now oh, happening. Give me the give me the numbers. Give me some money. Uh, give me the numbers. Let's go seven times eight. Let's see if you can't get an eight million out of them. No, I'm gonna put that out in the fucking universe. A seven times seven. Give it to me. I'm gonna say my guess is gonna be six years times five and a half million. Uh, Zach, you got a guess? Uh, I'm gonna go seven by seven. Wow, Dan. Full no move. Ooh. Dan, you got a guess? Uh, what's our, for Markstrom? Yeah, what do you think the money on Markstrom is going to be? Sorry. Um, yeah, I think I think probably you're looking at six now. When you look at the market, he he, he kind of slots in it from the <laughs> fact that he was. <laughs> but what? Oh, your mic keeps cutting in and out. But we got you at six oh. mil in the in the Markstrom sweepstakes. So uh, we'll yeah. we'll. We'll try to keep recording until we hear the numbers on Markstrom. Well, we're definitely staying on until we get this one, because I think the reaction could be pretty funny. Yeah. I think it's going to be closer to six and a half. I think it's going to be six years, six and a half. But the thing, he's going to get that no movement, too. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want. Just he's give me the get, full no movement. He's going to get and expansion I, I protection. Wanna hear, I want to hear that Holland was like seven times five, no, uh, no security on no movement stuff. Like, that is what it is. Take it or leave it. Obviously, bargain back and forth, get up to, you know, Less than five and a half, and then Holland's like, "Hey, see it? No, it's too much for me. I'm out." Potentially, and you know what? There was that quote. It's it's interesting how that played out too, right? Because I know we're looping back to Markstrom again because he just got locked up. But early in the day, all, all basically both channels, Sportsnet and TSN, were showing Ken Holland graphics where he talked about free agency, where he says, "If there's a guy you really want, you either have to overpay in terms of cap or term." And Jacob Markstrom is undoubtedly the best goaltender available right now. And it's gonna. I cannot wait to see how this goes, especially with a guy like Kudobin just walking in and out of free agency right back to Dallas. Um, you know, Holpe's already off the board, and well, I can't wait to see what this number is. And can we talk about the fact that the Calgary Flames now have, for two years, convinced themselves that they just are a goaltender away from competing when <laughs> they've had really good goaltending efforts both playoff runs and haven't like Cam Talbot shut out the teams four times and he got five wins in the playoffs yeah like it's it's mind-boggling that they think that they're just a goalie away from competing which again you know oiler some oiler fans believe that too about us but it's not the case but it, you know for the flames to go out and pay this much smoke and take the, that much term we're you're going to be talking about it in two or three years where the flames are again you know in a cap crunch and and have to to sell off some assets from their aging defense and their, it's just the list is hilarious for them. Uh, but also shout out to the flames for signing buddy Robinson this today, <laughs> uh, who Oilers fans will remember is the guy that ate those fists from Jujar Kara and got paid again this year. Can I, I'm changing gears here right away, but I'm super pumped for uh, Cam Talbot. Like the deal he got in Minnesota is pretty rich to be honest. Yep. But like, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for that guy, man. Like, 100%. in terms of like ex Oilers that you want to cheer for, Patty Maroon signing a two year extension in Tampa. I was happy for him, and same goes for Cam Talbot and his adorable family going to Minnesota for the next three. Yeah, he got paid a lot of money to go to Minnesota for the next three years. Darren Drager Dude, I says, think, 
I think that pushed up the goalie the goalie numbers too. It might have honestly. Um, Darren, Darren Drager says Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, all poking around Tyson Berry. He adds in Florida is in the mix as well. Uh, Rick Dollawall from Van from TSN in Vancouver just said keep an eye out for Tyson Berry. So Vancouver missed out on OEL. Maybe they get in the mix on Tyson Berry here as well. Uh, still waiting on the numbers for that Markstrom deal to come through. In the meantime, is there another name on the market? Let's let's put Barry aside. Let's put the goalies aside. When you look at who's still out there, is there one name who you go, I would like to see the Oilers take a stab at signing him? Uh, I'll come to you first on this one, Bagnock. I mean, I'd love to see it, but it would never happen. I would just, I'd love to see Taylor Hall come home, and then all of a sudden the Oilers have three MVP winners on their roster. Again, it's not going to happen, but boy, would I love it. Uh, Rick, any name out there that you go, that's a name I think the Oilers can get or should get? There is, and I, you know, maybe it's a little bit because he used to be here before, but I've always liked what he did when he was here, and uh, he's available again. It's Drake Kajula. I yeah. like him. He's a dude who can play, you know, any of your left-wing spots. You know, you don't want him playing first very long, but when he gets hot, he gets hot. When he was out in Chicago, he's playing with Tane in the Caves all the time. Like, I think that's a guy you like to add to our roster. You're going to get him cheap, Ryan. You can get him cheaper than Pooley Arby money. That's another high, that's another good bet for cheap, cheap money. And yeah, no, and he, he brings some jam to the game. I feel like that's something we missed in the playoffs. There's a little spark, and he can get that going too. So I'm looking at, and he's, he's cheap. We save money, man. Go, Drake, let's go. Is everyone ready six for the numbers on Jacob yeah, Markstrom? You got him there? Yep. Six by six for Jacob Markstrom. Uh, thirty-six million in total for that goaltender. I don't know if I would have loved the Oilers doing that. I would have liked to see the number start in the five if Edmonton was going to do it. So now I'm kind of happier that they stayed away. Uh, Bag milk. Your thought on six by six for Markstrom in Calgary? Yeah, I, you know what? I actually can't wait to jump into the Flames Nation Slack channel after we get off this and see what those guys are saying because they were like. They were very hesitant of a long-term expensive deal for Markstrom, and he got what everybody was kind of concerned about. The thing with Markstrom is he had a weird development path, didn't he? Like, he really only kind of emerged as, like, a legitimate starter a couple, years, couple years ago. Yeah. So, and like Tyler said, goalies are voodoo, so he rose up quickly, and he could very well fall off quickly. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen in year one, two, or three, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he handles a different system and going to Calgary. And I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. This happens all the time. When you see a guy signed for some big dollars that that first year is rough. So we'll see what happens with Calgary. I mean, I don't think it's a crazy, crazy overpay, but it's too much in my blood. Zach. Well, they're now, and they're now paying nine and a half million dollars for their goalies. They are. Uh, I mean, honestly, I I probably would have done it six by six for Markstrom. Seriously, really? I would have. I would have. Yeah, I would have. Like, think... it's, it's the same thing that I said before. It's like you're you're locking up your no- a number one goaltender for six years, and Markstrom's going to be good for probably all six years of that contract. I, I really like it, and I, I think that, uh, you know, I kind of at first was thinking, you know, okay, go, you know, six or seven by five, but I think at the end of the day, six by six is a, a pretty damn good deal for the Flames, all things considering. I, like if you look at the Oilers doing that though, then all of a sudden they have nearly eleven million dollars yeah. tied up in goaltending, and that's just well, and that's work. the thing. No, for sure, and and that's I think that's where the biggest snag was, right? Like if you were going to sign Markstrom to six by six, 
you have to have a way to move out Nico Koskinen. And I just, I don't think that that was going to happen because that's too much money to be wrapped up in the net uh, going into the next couple of seasons. And, you know, they, it is what it is at this point. But I think that if, if you could have had a way to move out Koskinen, I would have done six by six for Markstrom two times over. All what right. do you think, Tyler? What do you think of that number? I think it's a little too rich for my blood. Six by five. Like I just, yeah. I would have wanted one of those numbers to be a five. I think. I know it's free agency, so you got to overpay in either term or money. I just think the Flames overpaid a little bit in term, and they overpaid a little bit in money, and they didn't get value on one half of it. And in a pandemic year, I, I think you probably could have gotten value for one of those two things. Uh, here's an interesting stat. Granted, this was sent out before. Uh, the Markstrom signing and all that, but through the first four hours of NHL free agency, total money committed. In 2018, it was $445 million. In 2019, it was $582 million. This year, through four hours, just $136 million. Now, part of that might be because of the no ta- legal tampering period that was gone on, and that's why guys like Petrangelo and Hall have taken a little bit longer to sign, and now you got to throw Markstrom into there as well, but not a ton of coin being thrown around here. Well, like at the same point, though, I think the uh, the, the no tampering thing, the week is also hilarious because like Bob the Bob McKenzie's and the Freedmans of the world have been tweeting Lundqvist to the Capitals at one point yeah. five for days well, now. Like he's different because he got bought out, so he could actually go talk to Washington. I just think it's interesting yeah, that there's yeah. been a lot of that. Also, just since you mentioned Petrangelo. I love, of course, and it just makes me laugh. Of course, the Leafs are being tied to Petrangelo a little bit on Twitter right now. Good luck making that work. It's never going to happen, but it's funny because it's the Leafs, right? Especially when you're throwing a hundred or a million and a half, half a million more than what we paid for Tyler Ennis at Wayne Simmons. Yeah, and like I get it, like it's a good story, and Wayne Simmons is a good, you know, Toronto boy and all that kind of stuff, but like. I can't. I can't believe being happy about that signing. He's not. He's not the hockey player he was. I, so yeah, I was just, gonna say. I would have loved Wayne Simmons like six years ago. Do you know? Yeah, hundred percent. But you, the reaction you're seeing from some Leaf fans is as if they signed him six years ago, this year, and it's just I don't know. He's a shell of the former the player that he was. You see that all the time with guys that play that style. But you know, I mean, for a team that needs defense to go out and have their big marquee signing be Wayne Simmons so far, it's it's kind of funny to watch from from out west. Very interesting. Uh, okay, we've been going for like an hour ten here already, so let's jump into our Oodle Noodle hot and cold performers. Oodle Noodle, ten percent of all in-store proceeds go towards a local charity every week. Keep yourself happy, keep your stomach happy, and you're helping out those who need it. It's a win-win-win-win-win situation. When you eat at Oodle Noodle. Um, all right, let's get into it. Hot and cold performers. Uh, are we going to do it all uh, all free agency based? Yes? Sure. All right. You're on the show today, my friend. Let's do it. Cold performers, the deal you saw today that you do not like. I will start with you, Mr. Bag Milk. Uh, my cold performer in terms of free agent signing so far is going to former Norris candidate Justin Schultz. Two years, eight million bucks in Washington. That is rich. Nation Dan. Well, yeah, mine's going to be on a technicality, but it's going to go to a team. It's the Winnipeg Jets 
for helping out the Vegas Golden Knights with their cap crunch by trading for Paul Stastny this morning. Yeah. So Winnipeg Jets helping out Vegas when there's a team that just doesn't need a freaking break anymore. The Winnipeg Jets, my cold form of the week. Y'all stink. Zach? My cold performer of the week is going to be the Montreal Canadiens for signing Josh Anderson to a seven-year contract. <laughs> what the hell are they doing? That's hefty. I'm that was a big one. That was a big contract. Rick, who's yours? I think it's pretty easy for the ones today. It's Matt Murray, man. That's a little too much money for uh, the numbers he's been putting up lately. What? And I'm going to go <laughs> with Kevin Shattenkirk. He got three years at like a $3.9 million AAV with the Ducks. I mean, this dude was bought out like 14 months ago. And because he had one decent season on the Stanley Cup winning team, the Ducks wanted to give this guy three years and some serious coin. That one makes uh, just, I'll, I'll play this. What the hell is going on? All right, uh, let's switch gears here and go to our hot performers of the week, free agency edition. Rick, you are up first. I think mine's going to be pretty damn obvious. We haven't said anything about him today, but I'm going 100% on Mr. Yesa Puliarvi. I think at his dollar amount and what he can still do, I think it's a hell of a steal, and it's a, it's a great story. So I'm happy it's, uh, it's done and it's over with, but now it's time to get to work, and, uh, and let's see what we can get done. Put some respect on my name. Zach. Uh, Braden Holtby and the Vancouver Canucks. I really like that contract and I really like that signing. I think they did a damn fine job in replacing Markstrom. And uh, I think Holtby and Demko are going to be a solid one-two punch next year. And uh, looking forward to seeing Braden Holtby as the future starting goaltender of the Seattle Kraken. Cash money. Nation Dan. It's the Edmonton Oilers' Tyler Ennis. Being able to sign a guy like Ennis who had the season like he did for a million bucks for a season is just absolute money. Uh, yeah, Tyler Ennis, my hot my uh, hot pickup of the week. Cash money. I'm playing the cash money one for them all now. Bag milk? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm sticking with the Oilers, too. He got his bag from Nashville. He came in. He solves the hole at 3C, provides a right-handed centerman that the Oilers desperately needed. He's going to chip in with some offense, too, and I think he's going to look good playing behind Connor and Leon. Shout out to you, newest Edmonton Oiler, Kyle Turris. Cash money. I'm going to give an honorable mention to the Predators for getting uh, Matt Benning done for $1 million. I think they'll really like that defenseman, but usually we don't do the same answers on this, but I can't disagree with the Ennis thing, man. I think that's a guy who could potentially score 20 goals for the Edmonton Oilers, um, and, and they got him for a million bucks. Like, that's so close to league minimum for a guy who's going to give you way more than replacement level offense. Great stuff. Tyler Ennis, he's my hot pickup of the week. Cash money. All right. Um, okay, I just want to also make this observation. When Matt Murray did his Zoom call after he was acquired by the Ottawa Senators, he was, like, wearing a dark hoodie and looked like he was in a basement and looked generally upset. He, after signing a $6.25 million a year extension, is now smiling and outside doing his uh, FaceTime call with the boys at TSN. Uh, <laughs> I think $6.25 million a year makes it a lot easier to stomach the fact you're going to Ottawa, hey? Yeah, it helped a little bit. I mean, he's going to get shelled next year, so I hope you have a uh, rest up this offseason, my friend. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the Flames have officially announced the Markstrom signing on their in or on their Twitter. So that is all done. It's Twitter official. Markstrom comes to Alberta at the beginning of the day. We we thought for a bit there it was going to be to Edmonton, but he ends up going to Calgary. 
Uh, we'll see who Edmonton gets as that goaltender as well. This was a fun podcast. The one we do next Friday will be fun as well because I'm sure we'll have a ton more to talk about at that point. But uh, guys, bagged milk. Zach, I know this day is super, super busy for you guys trying to keep up with all the news. Same with you, Dan. I know you're very active in all this. Rick, thanks for taking some time as well. This was a ton of fun. This is my favorite podcast we've Love ever it. done. Thanks for moderating it, Tyler. I had fun doing it. This, uh, As always, Oilers Nation Radio is brought to you by the folks at Sherwood Ford the Giant. You watched all these NHL teams make big pickups today? Go make a big pickup of your own. Visit the folks at Sherwood Ford. Get a new whip for you to cruise around in this winter. Also, since it is winter coming up, winterize your vehicle. There's more stuff about that over on their website. Sherwood Ford the Giant, also brought to you by Oodle Noodle. We love them very much. This has been episode 107 of Oilers Nation Radio for Zach Lang, Nation Dan, Rick from the Pint, and our good friend, Bag Milk. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. Hope you enjoyed Free Agent Frenzy. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next Friday. Shout out, Damien. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.